You are listening to the Do You Care podcast. This podcast is sponsored by HV Care, a club at HVRST. For more student-ran podcasts and digital content, visit hvspn.com. We want to make the disclaimer that none of us are professionals and opinions or perspectives expressed in this podcast are not the school's official stance on the topic. We are just students, like many of you who are listening, who are passionate about social justice and are interested in discussing current events. In this episode of Do You Care, we will be discussing how the college application process affects different groups of people, our experience of, of applying to colleges, and what can be done to establish equal opportunities for everyone. Hi everyone, my name is Regina. I'm Mexican-American. I plan to major in international affairs next year. I just committed to American University, and I only submitted my SAT score to two schools. Hi, I'm Elliot Block. My pronouns are he, him, his. Um, I am white. I'm going to major in music theater at Baldwin-Wallace University this coming fall, and I submitted my SAT to around half of the schools that I applied to, which is around 10 schools. Hi, I'm Xavier. My pronouns are he, him. I'm Filipino, and I'm majoring at public health at San Diego State University. And I did not submit my SAT score. My name's Olivia. My pronouns are she, her. Uh, I'm Korean American. Um, I don't know what I want to major in, and I sent all my SAT scores to like every school, and I took it twice and I've committed to the University of Virginia. I'm Imani, my pronouns are she, her. Um, I did not take my SAT, and I'm going to the University of North Carolina at Charlotte and majoring in political science and psychology on a pre-law. For this next part of the episode, we want to talk about the different inequalities in the college process. Elliot, do you want to talk about your application process? Sure. Um, so for my application process, I applied to around 20 some odd schools because I was applying for musical theater and musical theater is very competitive. You have a lot of programs that have acceptance rates below 10% and you also have to get in academically in addition to getting in artistically. So it's already really competitive. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of prep that goes into the musical theater college process. Well, I'll start by saying there's a lot of prep that goes into the college process in general, even if you aren't yeah. applying for arts, like, yeah. you know, SAT prep and just, you know, all four years of high school getting in those clubs mm-hmm. and and grades, getting yeah. your grades up. But in addition to that, when you're applying for theater, like I did, you have to spend a lot of money and take a lot of time out of your day to practice for your auditions. And so I used a program called Musical Theater College Auditions to help me get myself organized with the whole process. And they really helped me. But on the other side of things, they were also really expensive. I was paying about $120 for an hour, one hour coaching session. Oh, God. Right, right. Um, So it is expensive. And, you know, luckily... I have the privilege to be able to get those resources mm-hmm. and take advantage of these opportunities. And I was also able to do some uh, master classes with faculty um, from different schools, from the top schools across the nation, because they have a lot of connections with those schools. And e- the school that I'm going to, Baldwin Wallace, uh, I did a master class with them in uh, October of 2021. 
And I think that was probably a big reason of why I got into the program because they asked me to sing yeah. a different song that I sang, um, that I sang in the master class mm -hmm. so that they could get more of a feel for me. When a lot of people who don't have the uh, resources to be able to pay for that $200 master class mm -hmm. can't get that advantage. So I feel like that is a big reason of why, you know, I was able to have so much success in this process. But, you know, when looking at the other side of things, it's it's really, it's tragic that, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people can't afford to uh, take these classes and get this coaching when yeah. really everyone should be able to have an equal opportunity, but it revolves a lot around money. And just, this just shows that the college process is not fair mm -hmm. and exactly. it has a lot to do with, you know, where you come from and how wealthy you are instead of how much potential you have and the talent that you possess. Yeah. So I learned a lot through the process. So I guess it's safe to say that if you didn't have the ability like financially to go to these classes and pay all these other application fees and audition fees you wouldn't be where you are right now correct and i feel like there's not enough that uh people are doing to help fund uh, these students that can't afford to take these classes so i think that's definitely something that can be uh, work towards in the future yeah so like you feel like leaning towards like making resources more available to people of all incomes i think is like a way to progress mm -hmm. towards giving everyone that equal chance of the college admissions process yeah definitely yeah. amani you also experienced the ups and downs of college admission didn't you um yeah more so for like paying for college because i paid everything on my own so like i paid all my application fees i paid um i even paid for my sat that i didn't go and take because i really did not want to um <laughs> uh i paid for literally every little thing that i paid for my enrollment deposit um i paid for my housing deposit well i didn't have an enrollment deposit but my housing deposit every, my orientation payment Your like application fees yeah so I paid pretty much everything just because I really didn't want to put the burden on my parents who are paying my tuition on and are also paying my sister's tuition at the same time. And my not my sister, my mom also wants to is also getting her bachelor's for nursing so that she can get to the highest degree at her job. So she's also paying for classes for herself. So I felt like the least I could really do was pay which is like kind of like the small amount compared to like a full tuition mm -hmm. for myself so yeah my actual college like process i want to say like wasn't as bad as <laughs> i feel like everyone else was which i feel like it's also part of the reason like because i started so early yeah. so like i ma i literally made my common app like account like the it, day it yeah. opened like the day it opened you were like texting me <laughs> that you were starting to fill out your applications already like literally I august 1st yeah literally submitted my first application end of september and was done all of my applications by november 1st um so i feel like i kind of thanks so i felt <laughs> like i kind of had a little bit easier because i started so early so that's also like a big advice is to start as soon as you can yeah 
like start looking at colleges <laughs> definitely junior year visiting colleges junior year so that you can just like focus your senior year on applying and getting in and like your like grades yeah but do you want to also talk about um how much work you had to put in to pay for all that you're working many many jobs <laughs> right now um so i work three jobs at the moment wow um, technically four well yeah i guess wait <laughs> you want to say so i work at cream king i work at twirl which is like the toy shop on main street i work at schaefer um gymnasium. i what schaefer gymnasium mm-hmm. mm. um i serve papers every once in a while for mr steve janelle if you need any legal legal help go to him wow. and i babysit every once in a while so um yeah i did all that to make sure that i can pay for what i needed to pay for and then also have a little extra money just for myself so go for you money thanks reg that's a it's a lot of work and i think that a lot of people at our school don't have that same experience and also i think a lot of people at our school have worse experiences than that and so i think that's something that we all have to keep in mind as well like i know juniors who are talking about the college application process in their class because our school does like we work on our college essays in english class and we research colleges and I think that another thing to take away from this episode is that not everyone's situation is the same. So we should be like careful when we talk about these things or everything could be a little more sensitive to more people, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. My college application process, I'm just going to say, was literally a mess. And <laughs> I didn't visit any colleges except Cornell, which I didn't even apply to. And like... I literally submitted all my applications and wrote all my essays the day it was due. (laughs) And I also applied for, like, nursing. So, like, I literally, like, found nursing schools, like, last minute. And just getting ahead of the game is really important. But, hey, I still, like, got into the schools. I got into nursing programs. But I decided last minute I did not want to do nursing. But... Like, I think, like, getting, like, as Amani said, like, getting ahead really is going to help you. And, like, visiting colleges junior year is really going to help, like, see where you fit in mm-hmm. without, yeah. like, the stress and all the stuff piled onto your senior year. So, yeah, mm-hmm. getting ahead is... And you get to see, like, what you do and don't like. So, like, because I visited some schools, like, I was able to be like, okay, well, I actually don't like the school as much as I thought I did. And yeah. probably saved me a couple bucks saving like from that application fee so highly recommend getting ahead visiting if you can mm-hmm. i mean it was also tough for us because of covid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah i didn't visit any colleges until after i had applied so yeah same thing goes for me i feel like an interesting part i don't think many people realize is like the difference of having parents that went to an american college versus parents who are immigrants or did not attend an american college and mm-hmm. like I don't I didn't realize this but having a parent who has gone through the college admissions process even though that it's extremely different is a huge huge advantage cuz yeah. it's so different in so many other countries and like I think like just having that prior knowledge like really set a lot of people like first generation people mm-hmm. back and I know Regina you had some issues with some citizenship papers Yeah um 
My family and I, we moved to the U.S. when I was around one year old, and my parents became naturalized and got their citizenship in 2014, and me being their child, that also made me a citizen as well. Uh, however, I did, summer going into my senior year, like around June, I had to, because I, I was about to turn 18, I had to um, go to the immigration office and like do my pledge and my oath and then like sign a couple of papers just to like, because beforehand I was a citizen, I was a U.S. citizen because of my parents and they were citizens, but like now that I'm an adult, I had to become a citizen on my own. And um, it just made, it was going to make the college application process a lot easier, but it still wasn't easy. Uh, each college that I was thinking about going to, I had to submit my certificate of citizenship. I had to submit pass my passport, some of them, um, my parents' W-2 forms. I also had to submit there were some other tax returns. And I had to do that for every single school, practically, just so that they could give me a financial aid package. And a lot of them, their offices are super backed up, so, like, my case takes longer than everyone else's. And also, like, some schools were a lot easier than others because some of them I could literally just scan a picture of all my documents and email it to them or upload it onto my portal, and that was super helpful but some schools made me like go and get stuff notarized at the post office and then mail it and or maybe scan those documents so that was very time consuming and also very stressful yeah like Xavier was saying like my parents they went to college but they went to college in Mexico and the American education system is completely different from any other country so they had no idea what they were, what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. And I mean, Xavier, you too, right? Yeah, I literally like, my parents had zero clue of any SAT faster. My parents didn't even know like how, like how to even get a permit. They didn't even know like I could get it at 16 and I could start driving. So like, yeah. it's like, it was like really interesting figuring stuff out and it made stuff a lot difficult. So I feel like Hopefully, like, in the future, there's more resources provided to first-generation people. Because mm-hmm. I feel like at first you look at it, it's like, oh, that, not that big of a deal. But, like, when you're actually doing all the forms and just overall, the whole pro- – even finding colleges, I had no idea where to go. And I, my parents didn't know, like, yeah. how it worked or, like, what to look for in a where college. Where to even start. Where to even start. Yeah. So, like, I think, like, providing more resources is a huge step that I think that we need to take initiative in. Xavier and I are also, like, the oldest child. So hopefully, like, now with this knowledge that we have, we can help our younger siblings. But we also appreciate, although our parents didn't, were, like, kind of in the same boat as us, we appreciate their support. The Washington Post released bar charts of information that show students who have parents with a higher education tend to score higher. And a separate chart also shows that students whose parents have a high family income are more likely to score higher on the SAT and closer to a perfect score. Low-income families receive lower scores. And that's the same for just the higher-income families obviously have bigger opportunities for their children than lower-income families. So I know, Elliot, your dad has some business that's gonna help out with that. Do you wanna talk about that? Yeah, my dad, um, 
is an owner or like he he works for a business called uh college guidance network and their business sort of works to um install their programs in schools and what the programs do is sort of help in all different aspects of college and but more specifically the more specific aspects of the college process like for me it would be theater but you know for Xavier it'd be how to apply to nursing schools and how to write your essay or make your application based on wanting to go to a nursing school Mm -hmm. Um, and so instead of having to fend for ourselves and spend all this time and re- and spend all our time and resources uh you know making sure that we have the right coaching or getting the right test prep um instead the plan of the pro- uh, the programs would to be to install um it in schools and then underserved communities will be able to use the resources um as they need and it would help um cancel out the costs that uh students who don't have the resources to pay for uh, these extra expenses um it would help them not have to pay for those things and i think if we work towards trying to install um, free resources Mm -hmm. for under underserved communities then we can work towards the college process being more equal for everyone yeah that's really great because i mean at the end of the day the students who are doing well on their applications, doing well on the SATs are students who have the resources, you know? So, and those resources might cost money, like a SAT tutor costs money, a college consultant costs money. Yeah, I think that what your dad's doing is super important. So there's many different ways to, I guess, try to address these inequalities, but I guess like one starting point is maybe stopping preferential admission for athletes. Um, I feel like this might be controversial mm-hmm. because sports in colleges is such like a large source of revenue for the college and it's also just a large part of that college's culture, for instance, like University of Virginia. Um, but I do think it kind of is a question of academic ability or like athletic ability and like should students with academic merit be given preference over athletes and like what is or what should be the role of sports at colleges because I mean like if you consider the purpose of college and university in the first place like yeah should there be like such a large emphasis on college sports that might be at the deficit of students who are from like a lower income yeah that's a good point i feel like also like legacy i think is a huge like kind of disadvantage to other people especially as you said before first generation immigrants whose parents did not attend any sort of American college. And, like, I feel like colleges are progressing into, like, furthering, like, legacy and how, like, furthering, like, separating legacy from the actual application. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, I think colleges are starting to do that, but I think we need to do that a little bit more. Yeah. Instead of giving these people, like, hey, a freebie because my parents donated $2 million to build a library at your school. So Yeah. Yeah, frankly, it doesn't matter that your parents went to a certain school because you are your own person and you should be an individual applying to schools as an individual and not as your parents son or daughter yeah whatever that is true i think that it is getting a little bit better because i am i do hear of people who like get waitlisted or rejected from schools with their parents 
went yeah, to. Yeah, I know some people that did. Oh. The last point that we want to make is how we should abolish standardized testing because according to the National Education Association Labor Union, it explains that the SAT exam is a standardized test which means that everyone takes the same test regardless of where they live in the U.S. And the U.S. doesn't standardize high school education, which means that students from rural areas of the country will test lower than those um, in private schools in the Northeast because of the type of education, curriculum, and experience that they have or lack of. Thank you all so much for joining us today for this episode. For more student-ran podcasts, visit hvspn.com, period. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever else you find your podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, at carehv. And stay tuned for next episode. Bye, Bye, guys. Thank you. Signing off.